Well, welcome back. Uh, this is Musar for Sar Shalom and the Lapid Nation. I'm Batya Gage, and I'm so glad you've joined us today as we work on perfecting our midot, our character. Um, I was uh, really enjoying what I thought was early spring. Earlier this week, we had about 80 degrees weather here. Uh, my irises are blooming, and now all of a sudden we've got a mini blizzard being predicted. I, that's why I have my toboggan on and my heavy sweater. I, I'm ready. I uh, I ran to the grocery store like everybody does in a panic to get a couple of items, and it was jam-packed with people getting all their blizzard supplies, which I'm sure will last a half a day, but it it's not pleasant here. So anyway, I still think it's going to be an early spring. So we are all heavily involved in plans for Purim and uh, teaching the kids about Tuba Shavat. But one of the most exciting things this week is getting to uh, hear the Aliyah this morning live from Jerusalem with our very own rabbi. If you haven't caught that, I, I encourage you immediately after this class to go and watch that. Um, and the word will go forth from Zion. And um, how exciting that technology allows us to to do that. So be in prayer for Rabbi and his family as they spend some time in Israel, get some rest, get recharged, get um, all re-inspired for another, another year of holiness. So um, last week we began a rather difficult study on anger and all the dangers of anger and uh, we're going to be continuing that study today and uh, maybe even for a couple of more weeks so let's go back before we move on and try to remember what we learned last week the first thing that we learned uh, was rather harsh but um, uh, was that the one who becomes angry is akin to one who serves idols. Because at the time we get angry, we usually lose control of our emotions. Our amuna departs. Um, and at that point, we kind of make ourselves into a deity of sorts. We are the only one that matters. Hashem's will is out the window. Um, it even compares it to uh, one who is um, insane one who perhaps is drunk, who is impaired, his judgment is impaired, uh, his senses are impaired, and it's just not a good situation to be in. We looked at the harm that we can cause while we're in that angry mode, physically, uh, emotionally, monetarily, many kinds of ways. And usually, unfortunately, it's those closest to us that bear the brunt of our, of our anger and losing control. Even if we never resort to any kind of physical expression of our anger, we do often express our anger with ugly and hurtful words. And then we begin to say things we never meant to say. Uh, we begin to hurt people with our words, that, words that can permanently da damage relationships. Our book even went on to warn against, in our anger and losing control, that Perhaps a person would even curse someone else um, in their anger. Heaven forbid. Um, we looked at um, uh, a way when we begin to feel ourselves in that mode of losing control of our anger 
to kind of metaphorically lock ourselves into a prison cell. If that means you need to go for a walk, sit in a room by yourself, or whatever you need to do until you have calmed down, you really shouldn't interact with anyone, make decisions, or any say things in that moment. Uh, any way that we can to extinguish that fire of anger, to put more space between that match and the, the ignition, and um, just give our anger, because I read something uh, recently that the good thing about anger is that it's temporary. In that moment, we may lose control, but it's really a temporary feeling. So we just need to wait until it subsides. And we also looked at the danger that anger can even have on our health, physically, uh, as well as emotionally. It's just not healthy for us that uh, all the hormones, I guess, that are released when we're in that angry mode are is just not healthy for us. And then finally, last week, we looked at and pondered on, kind of thought about, uh, did Yeshua get angry? And uh, of course, Rambam said there was n no reason good enough to get angry. So we kind of looked at, did Yeshua ever get angry? And the first one that we looked at last week was uh, Yeshua was in the temple. He overturned some tables. He uh, said some things. But um, in that passage, the word angry is never used. And um, we believe, I believe certainly that he was never out of control of his emotions. He was calm. He knew what needed to be, <clears throat> what needed to be said and done. <clears throat> and we even looked at a passage from the Talmud that said, if a leader of a community needs to correct the path of the community, that he can act as if he's angry to get his community back on the right path. So, um, that was where I think we ended up last week. So as we start with our next chapter, chapter two, if you'd like to follow along in the book, we're on page uh, 181, uh, kind of going fast through this book. I, I think we will probably finish uh, by Passover, take a little break, and then um, we'll see what comes next. Sometimes, so our question is, we now know how dangerous anger is. So how can we overcome? Is there any way to overcome it? Are we just, is it just one of those things that we're just stuck with because we're human? Um, you know, sometimes we are in pain because of a physical condition. Perhaps we don't have any control over that condition, but other times we are in pain because of an emotional condition. And much the emotional pain that we feel, unfortunately, is, is a result of anger. And, you know, interestingly, two people can hear the very same words that are spoken. One person will explode and get angry and hurt, and the other person will barely even notice. So we have to learn, first of all, it's not the words themselves that are causing the pain. So then what is it? It is our individual perception of those words, how we interpret those words, how we interpret the person's motivation that said the words, what did they really mean? What's their hidden agenda? And uh, so on and so forth. So it's our perception of those words and not the words themselves. 
And and the extent to which we personally and individually allow those words to affect us is in our control. So while we may not always have control over physical pain, we have a lot of control over the emotional pain that we bring on ourselves. And if we can train ourselves to to overcome our sensitivity to these words that are spoken, um, that will help us to stay away from being so angry. Imagine what a blessing it could be and how much happier we could be if we could eliminate the anguish that we bring upon ourselves because of anger. The And the only thing anger really accomplishes uh, is anguish and pain. So if we could uh, remove that, think how free and happy and joyful we could be if we could just remove this this cloud of anger from us. You know, imagine that in the middle of the night you get up and you bump into a table. Now, honestly, what what do you do at that moment? Do you kick the table, yell at the table, get angry at the table? Um, Sometimes we probably have, but if we are mature and stop and think, we realize it's not the table's fault. Um, the table didn't do anything to us, and the table was not the cause of our pain. And and unfortunately, if you think about, uh, I hope this has never happened to you, but if your beloved dog gets into the street, gets hit by a a vehicle, and you run out to help it, Unfortunately, that dog doesn't know that you are not the source of that pain, that you're there to help. And that dog may lash out at you like we would want to lash out at that table, um, even though that table is not the source of our pain. Uh, so we can train ourselves to to do the same with words. The Sefer Hachinuk in Mitzvah 2. Mitzvah 241 reminds us again, we've heard this so many times, it should be our mantra every day. Whatever happens to us, good or bad, is from Hashem. And so when someone says hurtful words, before we stop and get angry, we need to remember that if everything is from Hashem, what is the purpose of hearing these words at this time? Perhaps it's because of some sin that I have done and not on the person that's speaking the words. So we really have no pers- no reason to take revenge on that person or on those words, on that coffee table, uh, or whatever. But uh, look, first of all, within ourselves. Our book tells us that actually insults can be a hidden gift. Uh, that's a little bit hard to kind of think about in the positive. In a vote 117, Shimon says... All my days I grew up among the sages, and I did not find any character trait better for a person than silence. Now, for those of you that are working on the Midah Midah of Silence this week, that should be great news to you, that you are working on one of the greatest uh, uh, Midah. And a person who who can overlook insults and is able to enjoy life and to spare himself great anger great anguish if he will develop his midah of silence in that moment. Better to be silent in that moment. Lock yourself in that metaphorical prison cell for a bit until that subsides.
You know, we have to keep in mind, we all know, but sometimes we have to be remembered that we all have sinned and we all deserve punishment. And, you know, we studied a lot extensively this summer in Sha'are Teshuvah that suffering is actually one of the ways in which we can gain atonement for those sins. Um, so, um, ha- hearing these words and suffering through them can actually be a gift. Our book asks us to imagine a person who has many challenges in life. Perhaps he has a difficult spouse, challenging children, health health issues, financial issues. And what does a person in that situation often do? Unfortunately, often they complain to Hashem. But they forget that it's the kindness of Hashem that is giving that person a way perhaps to atone for some sins in his life. And if he would stop and, and think about this and take, um, take uh, advantage of this opportunity to perfect his mitzvot, to his, perfect his midot, to work on his character, uh, this would be a great gift. And it's work on you know do teshuva work on what he needs to work on instead of complaining that that uh Hashem is picking on him in some way and then his his whole life might be turned around for the better so uh these difficult situations including hurtful words can really be a gift from Hashem um you know when we go to the gym we often say no pain no gain and the same way with this um, if we can endure great suffering we will endure great reward we don't like it we don't like it in the gym when, when the when our when our muscles hurt but later on we like the way we look and feel and the same way with uh, emotional suffering at times especially hurtful words that may come our direction, insults, offenses. Um, If we can suffer through these um, in silence or in self-examination, it will be better for us. We we also studied uh, earlier uh, last fall in our Tamar Devorah. It was a great little book. I love that little book. And it tells us that Hashem is the one who endures insults. You know, he provides to us all the resources that we need to live. And too often we use those very resources to sin and rebel against him. Does he withdraw those resources or does he continue to be patient, continue to provide us resources, breath and life and food and energy and help, uh, hoping that we will do Teshuva. And if he does that for us, Certainly, how much less can we do for someone else? We want Hashem to treat us with mercy when we mess up. So certainly, we can do that for someone else who has hurt us through their words. We've also looked at, previously, the concept of midah keneged midah. I don't know if you remember what that means, but it's a, it's a, it's a concept common throughout Torah when you really start looking for it and it's measure for measure and in this particular case in the measure that we forgive others it will be forgiven us in Matthew 6 14 15 Yeshua said it this way for if you forgive others their sins your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others your father will not forgive you your sins. 
So in the measure that you forgive others, it will be forgiven you. So surely we have spoken words to others that we didn't mean and hurt someone. Then we can certainly forgive others for hurtful words they have said to us. Okay, as we move on, we look at a concept called being tough as iron. Um, We might have heard the phrase tough as nails. In an extreme example, Yeshua is teaching his disciples. And this is, um, he tells them about a time in the future when they will be persecuted, even kicked out of the synagogues, turned over to the authorities. And he tells them in that situation to be like sheep surrounded by wolves and to be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And that comes from Matthew 10. So what does that mean? You know, unfortunately, in the day that we live, it seems like everyone is offended by everything. We were discussing at our Arab table the other night all the words you cannot use any longer to describe certain people groups and it's almost where you don't know what to say anymore because someone will be offended it's impossible to say anything without someone being offended unfortunately sometimes that someone is us sometimes if you know on the one hand if we are very sensitive um, it also makes us sensitive to how others feel, um, but it also opens us up to being easily offended. And our our book suggests in this chapter that we need to remain sensitive to the feelings of others, yet tough as iron to being insulted, being offended. And so we kind of have to put on a, a little bit of a tough outer shell to keep from everything offending us. Again, Yeshua said, be wise as serpents, innocent as doves. Can we be both? Can we be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove? And um, he says we can. So this is what we can strive for, to be tough on the outside, but sensitive on the inside. So is it possible? Is it possible to hear hurtful words without internalizing them. Um, Is it possible to realize, and this is a concept I really had to ponder on this week, that we are the same person before and after those words were said. Those words didn't change who we are. Just because someone said something hurtful, ugly, whatever about us or to us, we're still that same person. It didn't change who we are. So, so can we hear those hurtful words without taking them to heart? Um, our book asks us to take this concept and look at it and its effect on one of the greatest foundations of marriage, and that is Shalom Bayat. A few weeks ago, we looked at honoring our spouse, and we learned that what our spouse thinks of us has a great effect on our self-esteem. So I'm not going to say that it's easy. It's not. It's very, very hard not to internalize what your spouse says to you, um, whatever they say to you. Um, But can we stop in that moment and think that perhaps they really aren't meaning what they are saying? Perhaps they're drunk with anger. They are 
temporarily insane, acting irrationally. Can we, can we do that? You know, if we take our, especially our spouse's words too personally, then we become consumed with those feelings of pain. And then, well, I say it's kind of like a person that has a rock dropped on their toe. In that moment, that person with the rock on their toe is very self-absorbed. They're in pain. They want the pain to stop. And can we give our spouse the benefit of a doubt that in this moment, whatever is hurting them is causing them to say things that they really don't mean. And um, maybe they've just got a rock on their toe, a, a metaphorical rock on their toe. And maybe if we can see, see through that, then we can get to what is really hurting them. So what do we do with these angry feelings? Are you a stuffer? Do you just stuff them and stuff them? Are you a volcano? You stuff them until you explode? You know, neither of those are really healthy. We need to find ways to process these feelings of hurt in healthy ways. And then later, when we're all calm, and uh, we talked about rebuke, when we can, at a later time, communicate um, those feelings to that person, uh, but certainly not in that moment when the person has that rock on their toe. And and if we can't do that, then there may be times that we even need to seek out someone else, a professional, um, a spiritual person, you know, leader, rabbi, whatever, to help us work through these strong feelings of anger and hurt that we just can't seem to get around. So we need to remember that we're trying to eliminate anger not necessarily sadness. We can still feel sad that perhaps a relationship has been damaged or someone we trusted has uh, said something to us. And so we're not trying to eliminate the sadness, but just the anger that causes so much damage. You know, sometimes it's not a who that angers us. Sometimes it's a a what? A situation. You know, currently or recently, they're about done now, but they were doing some construction work on the road to Shul between my house, the way I go to Shul, and they had it down to literally one lane. And so they had one of these lights where one lane had to wait for the light while the people from the other end would come for a while, then the light would change, and then we could go. And it, it was quite frustrating. And um, recently, when I came home, I was leaving the shul to come home. Sure enough, the lights had malfunctioned. And they were just blinking, just blinking, blinking. So people were coming randomly from both ends. It was creating quite a dangerous, frustrating situation. Um, Certainly a, a situation that could have caused great anger. And... But then I had to stop and think, why should I assume that everything should automatically go my way? Um, You know, we talked about when we become angry, we set ourselves up as, as the center of the universe, as a deity of sorts. Who am I that everything should go my way? You know, as we said earlier, we often have control over things that might anger us, over our thoughts, emotions, our responses, 
But we know this doesn't necessarily come naturally, and we're going to have to work on it and train ourselves. The first thing we can do, calm ourselves. We need to learn a way, and for everyone it might be different, but a way to calm yourself. First is to breathe, to take deep breaths, however many it takes to relax your muscles, um, and to remember in that moment that we're taking this minute to breathe, that nothing is going to be gained from being angry. I'm not going to fix the lights with my anger. It's only going to hurt me. Uh, if I have someone else in the car with me, perhaps I lash out at them, um, you know, or whatever. Um, so, you know, another thing that we can do perhaps is... is um, Put on some soft, maybe you keep some music at the ready. I think traffic situations particularly can cause us to bubble up with anger rather quickly. So keep some kind of calming, soothing music um, um, in your car, ready, on your phone, whatever you listen to, so that you can pop that in. Better yet, if you're stuck in traffic, what a great time to catch up on some aliyahs that maybe you've gotten behind on or some other teachings. Um, so just kind of turn that situation around and think how you can use that time usefully. Secondly, um, we can also remember that in that moment, we have gained a valuable gift. Uh, perhaps that moment has been brought to us by Hashem to atone for some sin that we did. And so perhaps we were we did a sin and now he's bringing us to this difficult bit of suffering. Uh, granted, not, not that big of suffering. I wasn't in that big of pain. But, you know, we sometimes overemphasize the pain that we're in. And, and so if I can just stay calm, if we can stay calm and remember that in this moment, I am working on and perfecting my midot of silence, of patience, of of whatever midot you're working on. What a great time to just, uh, perhaps it's a test of midot you've been working on. You know, tell, tell the truth. Sometimes we create those difficult situations ourselves by our own actions. Perhaps we didn't leave in time to get somewhere and now we're angry because traffic is snarled and we're not going to get somewhere on time. But I knew that this construction had been going on for weeks. I knew that there's a possibility um, that at some point these lights could go out. Um, you know, so um, I could have left earlier or left more time or whatever. So, you know, we just need to remember that... Uh, don't create situations um, because you put something off to the last minute or you left the house too late or, or whatever. Perhaps this is a great time to even work on your meat out of order that perhaps you should have left the house a little bit earlier. So let's talk about expectations. I said that I could expect at some point those lights are going to malfunction. So let's talk about expectations. And our expectations of someone else and them not meeting those expectations uh, often determine our level of anger or that we get angry at all. Um, like I said, if I, I should have fully expected at some point those lights were going to malfunction. And when they did, it was no big deal because I was expecting that to happen. 
Um, and um, if we have realistic or even lowered expectations of others, then it will help us not to get angry when those expectations are not met. Sometimes people don't even know what our expectations are that, that they haven't met. And um, so if we, if uh, then if our, you know, if my drive to shul on the days that it was good because I was expecting there to be malfunctioning of the lights, on those days when the lights were working good, um, what a joy and happiness that brought to my life. When, when I had a smooth drive to shul, it just brought me great joy um, because really I was expecting the worst. So maybe we need to have a little bit more realistic and lowered expectations of others. You know, another technique that we learned in Sefer Chinook is that, and I love this one, external actions affect internal emotions. So let's say I'm sitting at that construction site with the lights malfunctioning and I'm starting to get angry. What if I started singing out loud a really, really happy song? I don't know why I picture Hadass in this moment because she uh, is always happy and she loves to sing. And I can just picture her, um, if something were to happen in some construction site and she's snarled and trapped, I can just see her bursting out in some happy song. Um, so when we start doing that, it affects our internal emotions. It's really hard to sing a happy song externally and be angry internally. I'm sure, right, Hadass? You know, another technique we can do, and it's not quite so fun, is to look in the mirror. Pull that, uh, re you know, uh, rear view mirror down and just glance at it at a moment and see how ugly anger really looks. Uh, especially on your own face. Um, we probably don't look very pleasing. Um, we can't be looking our best. We certainly don't look pleasant. So just look, take a moment, whether you're at home, um, out and about, or in your car, just take a moment to glance in the mirror and just maybe that will cause you to pause and just see how ugly anger can really be. Okay, so we have come to that moment in our study again. Um, and this is a moment we always get to anytime we talk about anger. What about that righteous anger? So here we are again. And our book says, what if you were on your way to do a great mitzvah? And someone stopped you because of their own failing or whatever and caused you to miss uh, this great mitzvah, this great reward you were going to get for doing this mitzvah. Is this a good enough reason to get angry? You know, the first thing we have to do, we've said it many times, is check our motives. Are we really angry that Hashem's not going to get uh, some kind of praise for this mitzvah? Are we really angry that someone inconvenienced us? So we have to really stop and think. But, you know, last week we looked at the example of Yeshua in the temple. So I went home and I did a lot more research, searching, searching for how did Yeshua handle anger. And I only found one 
more verse and one verse where the word anger and the word Yeshua are in the same verse. And this comes from uh, Mark 3, 5. And this is, it says that he, had, uh, he, Yeshua, had entered the synagogue and there was a man there with a withered hand. And uh, so there were some people there, some leaders that were watching Yeshua to see what he would do because it was the Sabbath. Was he going to heal this man on the Sabbath? And they were watching him and they were ready. So he says to the man uh, who had the withered hand, step forward. And then he said to them, the leaders, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they didn't respond. So it says here, this is in verse 5. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their heart, he, he then did what? Lose control, yell at them. Um, uh, what did he do? He had complete control of his emotions and he healed. He healed the man. So again, we have to be, I think, very careful if we are going to use righteous anger as our defense for getting angry. Number one, we have to check our motives. Is it truly righteous anger? Uh, it looks like Yeshua was uh, angry at these people at the hardness of their heart. His motives were, pre were pure. We know they were. He remained in control at all time uh, and knew exactly what he wanted to do. He didn't lose control and say things he didn't mean. And I found this verse, and I think this verse is very good to help us as we think about righteous anger. James 1.20. I think too often we uh, get so, we spend all of our time in Torah studying, maybe we forget some really good teachings from some of the writings. So this one comes from James, or Yaakov 1.20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That should almost be our mantra. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So I would say that there is rarely a true and pure chance where righteous anger is really valid. I would say that should that excuse or justification should be used very, very rarely, if at all. I think I've brought this book up before, but it certainly fits here. It's an old Christian book, but I have hung on to it um, mainly because I like uh, the name of the book and I like the synopsis. Uh, and it's called Bait of Satan by John Bevere. Bevere, yeah. In this book, the author kind of takes a challenging look at offense. He, he suggests that offense, being offended, being easily offended, is a tactic of our enemy, uh, Hasatan. May his name be blotted out. That he uses this offense, small, big, whatever it is, your brother, your family, whoever committed this offense against you, he uses this to, number one, to divide. Uh, the enemy will use offense to come between us and our spouse, us and our friend, even divide an entire congregation. 
And in this situation, we need to remember those words we just read. Be as wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. We need to see these tactics for what they are. They're tactics from the enemy meant to stop us from serving Hashem. Um, and we cannot let this, this tactic of being easily offended, getting our feelings hurt, um, uh, not speaking to our friends, not maybe leaving the shul, whatever, to let the enemy uh, be successful in stopping us from whatever work we're doing for Hashem. We've also been studying recently about there may be a time when you need to rebuke someone, but um, it's not done in the moment of anger. It has to be done uh, can never be done while we're still angry. Uh, it has to be done only after we're calm, only as a true act of love should we ever rebuke another person. If we can't do it out of love, we shouldn't do it at all. Um, rebuking while we're still angry only leads to arguments. It doesn't, nobody listens to any rebuke we might have if we're doing it from a point of anger. And so again, we must be innocent as doves calm, loving, full of love, then at some point, perhaps that person will hear our words that of rebuke that they perhaps really need to hear. Okay, well, that's our lesson for this week. Uh, we've got a couple more weeks that we're still going to be looking at anger, but the, from maybe a little bit more positive perspective. Uh, next week, we will try to cover, I think it's chapters... Uh, three and four on uh, one of our favorite Mido, patience, tolerance, and avoiding strife. So before we go our separate ways today, let's just do a little review. Uh, this week as we began to look at how to overcome uh, anger, we realized, first of all, it's not the words. It's not the table. Um, it's not the malfunctioning traffic light that is causing my anger. It's my perception, my interpretation of this event. We can then, now that we know this, we can train ourselves to, to realize that and to remind ourselves that whatever has come our way has come from Hashem for our good. There's no reason for revenge or anger, but search within ourselves for what, um, what do I need to gain from this? We also looked at overlooking insults. Um, they may be coming our way because of our very own sin, and this is a chance for us to atone and do teshuva for those sins. Uh, we were reminded that uh, from Tamar Devorah that Hashem endures insults from us. He provides us everything we need, and we just use it to sin against Him. But He's patient, uh, He forgives us, and we should do the same for others. And we looked at the concept of um, being as tough as iron, uh, having a tough exterior, being sensitive on the inside to others, but tough as iron when things come our way. We talked about how easily in this day and age people are offended, and especially how this concept of being easily offended can affect Shalom Bayat in our marriages. And can we really, really give our spouse a pass and remember that 
Maybe they have a metaphorical rock on their toe. They're just in a lot of pain and they're just lashing out like our, unfortunately, our our dog would be if he were injured in a by a car and we rush out to help him. Um, uh, that dog may try to bite you. Um, he's He doesn't know where the source of pain is coming from. So perhaps if we still can't get past that, then it's perhaps time that we need to go seek someone to talk to, um, a, a rabbi, a, a counselor, a therapist, or, or whatever. And then we looked at the concept of not a who, but a what, a situation. We looked at, I gave my example of the traffic uh, light that kept going out. And what do we do? First of all, we can learn to calm ourselves, to breathe, to relax our muscles, put on some calming music. Um, Perhaps remember that in this moment, we're given a perfect opportunity to perfect a medote. And um, that Often, um, expectations can determine our own, and we set those expectations. Um, that determines whether we're going to get angry or not. And so perhaps we need to lower or have more realistic expectations of others. And we also looked at the wonderful technique that external actions affect internal emotions. So you get stuck in this terrible traffic or something else is happening, just Remember Hadass and break out in a happy song. And then if nothing else works, look in the mirror and see how ugly anger looks on you. And perhaps that will cause you to stop in that moment. Finally, we looked again at the concept of this righteous anger thing. Is it ever justified or not? And again, I would say rarely. Um, and if you're about to use that as uh, as a justification for getting angry at a situation, then uh, recite this verse first and see if you can still proceed with uh, your level of anger. Anger, The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James 1.20. Uh, I think I'm going to put that on a piece of paper and tape it up inside my car. We also looked at the uh, concept that the enemy uses these offenses, these insults, hurtful words, whatever, to uh, as a tactic, as a tool, a weapon against us to keep us from serving him, to divide us from one another, to destroy congregations, and to do whatever to keep us from serving Hashem. If there is a, an opportunity where we need to really rebuke someone, there's a very specific process for that, but it has to come when we are calm, not angry, only out of love, and never from a place of anger. Well, you know, this has been such a, a challenging couple of weeks on anger, and um, we've got a couple of more, which I think are really good. I've looked ahead. So I hope that you will, will join us. And, you know, with Hashem's help, we can overcome this monster of anger. So like I said, next week, we are going to cover chapters three and four on, uh, in this uh, section on anger. Uh, it's on patience, tolerance, and avoiding strife. So I hope that you will come back. You will join me and as we continue to work on um, uh, not getting angry and overcoming anger and as we uh, especially look and work at on the me of patience.
Uh, you know, I know, I know what you're saying. Never pray for patience because uh, we know what happens. But that's for next week. This week, we're just going to work on overcoming our anger. So as we finish today, I thank you all for joining me. Um, I, uh, I would ask you to uh, hit the like button, share this with someone, and uh, please come back next week. And let's continue to work on our character. Thank you.